Before I actually start the Nachshir, I should mention that tonight is Chai Elul, which is the, first of all, the birthday of the Baal Shem Tov, the birthday of the Alter Rebbe, the day that Achia Hashiloini revealed himself to the Baal Shem Tov, the day of the revelation of the Baal Shem Tov, it's the Maralmi Prag's yard site, and the Chai Elul is a very important day in the Hasidic calendar, as it says, and that it's the day that gives chayos, gives life to the Aveda of Elo, the Aveda of Anila Daidi Vidaidili. Anyway, we're doing a shear on the Nachshir on the Haftaira of Rosh Hashanah, which is about the birth of Shmuel Hanovi. Now, we're going to start with a medrash that I've mentioned more than once from Tana Devei Eliyahu. Tana Devei Eliyahu is actually a Medrash written by Rav Onon. He would have regular shiurim with Eliyahu Hanavi, and this is brought in Tanadavei Eliyahu. We actually quote Tanadavei Eliyahu every day after Enkelikenu. Tanadavei Eliyahu kol hashayna halachis. But anyway, he says over here, Elkanah, who was the father of Elkanah, who was the father of Shmuel Hanavi. And Elkanah would go up to Shiloh in those days, the Beis Hamikdash was not built yet. There was a Mishkan in Shiloh, which lasted for 369 years. And Elkanah would travel to Shiloh four times a year. There are three times that there's a Torah obligation to travel to Shiloh. And one that he took on himself as a donation, as an extra, that he would take an extra trip more than halachically requires to Shiloh every year. Shanamar, as we have a Pasuk, and that man referring to Elkanah went up from his city every single year he would go up to bow and to make karbonis for Hashem and Shilin. So according to this medrash, it's in addition to the three times a year, Pesach, Shavuos, and Sukkot, that every Jew is obligated to be Eilat Egel, Elkanah had an extra trip. Allah, Elkanah, Ishtay, Elkanah would go up with his wife, Obanov, and his sons, Ubnei Beisai, and his family, Ve'echov and his brothers, Vachyaisov and his sisters, Vechol Kraivov Hoyu Oilim Imoy. All Elkanah's relatives would go up with him. Ve'omar Lohem and Elkanah would address the people. He would tell them Elkanah is the father of Shmuel Hanavi. He would say, Limdu Derech Avedom in Haknanim Umino Akum. Learn how to serve Hashem from the Knanim, from the idol worshippers. Shasu Derech Lavedi Zarashelohem. Look how much effort they put into their Avedah Even though they're meaningless, they're worthless. How much more so we have to put effort towards serving Hashem. To go up before the Arin, to Shilei, where the Arin is. Hashem is a God who's alive and existing. Blessed is his name forever and ever. Amar Lohem, so Elkanah would ask people, Sheyang Kulam Elkanah had this extra trip to Shiloh, and he would try to get all the other people to go up with him. And when they would go up with him to Shiloh, 
when they would go up with him on the way, Elchanan made a policy of sleeping in the main street of the Jewish neighborhood, Hatham Street, right in the middle of everything. He would block the street and sleep in the street. They would sleep, men separate, women separate, and they would block off the main street of the city. Men, men would speak to men, trying to influence the people in every city that they stopped to try. Please come with us to Shilin. The adults would speak to the younger ones. The whole country would get all excited. They would see Elkanah with his chevron sleeping in the main street. And they would ask them, where are you going? And Elkanah and his people would say, we are going We are going to the house of Hashem and Shilin. Shemisham masim Shilai is the source of study of Torah, of good deeds. Why don't you come with us? And we will go together. So Elkanah would try to get as many people on the way as possible to join him in his pilgrimage to Shilai. These people that Elkanah would speak to would start crying. And they would say, we're going with you. And he said, let's do this again. The second year that Elkanah did this trip, he had five families going with him. And the third year, he had 10 families. By the third year, all the, all the people got excited to go to Shilohimai. He would have going with him. There would be 60, six, zero, 60 families would go together for this extra trip to Shilohim. And Elkana wanted to make it as public as possible. So every year he would travel on a different route. Whichever road Elkana would take this year. He would not take the same route the next year. Till all Jews would go up. He would move all the get all the people, the Jewish people to be meritorious. He would educate Jews to do mitzvahs. And many people merited thanks to Elkanah. Now we're going to do a bracha, a Gemara in Brachas Daflamid, where the Gemara says about the Haftoid of Shmuel, Amar of Hamnuna, Kamahilchasa, Gibayravaisa, Ikal Mishma Mehane Kroi de Chana. How many amazing halachis we have the story of Chana, Shmuel's mother davening for a child. And there are many amazing halachas that we learn from this story. Halacha number one. There's a pasuk that says, She would speak on her heart. That means the heart has to be involved in your davening. Mikan, from here you learn, when you daven, your heart has to get involved. Chanos tfilo, Hashem listened to it, was accepted because she had kavana, her heart was involved. Then we learned that her lips were moving. 
Mikan So when davening, it's important to have kavana. It's also important to say the words with your lips. At the same time, the her voice was not heard. Mikan, from here we learn, you're not supposed to daven that is Shmoinesre very loud. Yes, you have to have kavana. Yes, you have to move your lips, but not to be too loud. The Shaifish thought she was drunk. Mikan, from here we learn, a drunkard is not allowed to daven, and Ailey thinks she's drunk. And if she's drunk, she should not be davening. Ailey says, till when are you going to be drunk? He rebukes her for davening when she's drunk. Amar Mikan, from here we learn. If you see in somebody something that's not good, you must rebuke them. And because Ailey believed Hannah was drunk, therefore he took it on himself to rebuke her. Taisvis brings here on Dover Shane Hogan. If you see somebody doing something wrong, Taisvis says, Taisvis says, even though it's not a Torah prohibition, Taisvis says, there's no Torah prohibition to Davin when you're drunk. Nevertheless, you shouldn't draw the Ikaiser that I said, if it would be a tighter prohibition, if it would be a tighter prohibition, then pshita. It's obvious, you're supposed to rebuke someone. But even though davening when you're drunk is not a tighter prohibition, still, if you see somebody drunk davening, you have to tell them off nicely. Batan, and Chana says, no, my master. Omar Ula vi Tamar Abyasi Bir Khanina Ula and other say Abyasibhanina says, Omrangai Khana tells Ali Hakain, he's the Kayangado, the Shaifate, the leader of the generation. And she tells him, Loy Odin Atobidovarzeh, you are not a master in this matter. Generally, you're a tzaddik, and generally you get things right. But in this thing that you think I'm drunk, you got it totally wrong. Which is a Holy Spirit, which you would then know what's going on with another person, is not resting upon you. The fact that you can put such an accusation on me shows that you are lacking in the Ruach HaKodesh this moment. That you suspect me of this thing. Others put it even stronger. What she says to him. You're not a master. You couldn't be a great tzaddik because a tzaddik should always judge people in the positive. And why are you judging me negatively? She says, You're not a master. It's all yours now. Okay. Just sorry that I just muted everyone. Uh, we're up to Ikodamri. Some say Hachi Amrile, so she said. 
לאי אודוי נתן לאי כשכינה ורוח הקדש גבוך יודון אבדה שכינה ורוח הקדש שדנתני לכף חייבה ולא דנתני לכף זכוס that you judged me in the negative and not in the positive shows you don't have ruach hakodesh mila yadata didn't you know that i'm a woman with a kshas ruach difficult spirit troubled and that's why i'm davening don't you realize how can you suspecting that i'm drunk and then she goes on to say i did not drink wine i didn't drink anything that makes you drunk if somebody suspects you in something which you're innocent in you must tell him that I didn't do this. As Hannah says, no, I'm not davening when I'm drunk. Rashi says, you have to cleanse yourself, make it clear that I haven't done it. And you have to tell the person who suspects you that you don't have this disgusting trait that the person thinks you have. As Hannah goes on to say, don't think that I am a Basbliyal. Rashi says, don't see me as a Basbliyal to suspect me of being drunk. Rebbe Lozer brings that from here we see that if she was, if somebody was drunk, they wouldn't be allowed to daven. Furthermore, being drunk is like like idol worship. It says here in the Pasuk, Lefnei Basbliyal, and it says over there in Bayir Anidachas, Yotzu Anoshim B'nei Biliyal. Just like Bayir Anidachas, it's Havayi Here also it's Havayi Zoreh. Ainly hears this, that Hannah is just davening for something that's really bothering her, and he tells her, L'chi L'sholim, go in peace. Rebbe Lazar says, from here we learn that if somebody suspects their friend in something they don't have, you have to make to appease them. As you see, Eli HaKoyen made a false suspicion on Hannah, so he appeased her. He tried to make her feel good. And you have to give him a blessing. As we see that Eli HaKoyen gives Hannah a blessing that Hashem should fulfill her prayers, and her prayers get fulfilled, and Shmuel HaNavi is born. As it says, the God of Israel should give you a request. We learn now that Hannah, she's davening, she makes a vow, and she says, Hashem tzivokos. Amar Rebbe Lozer, from the day Hashem created the world, this name tzivokos, which is used, this is the first time we see since creation it's used. Hannah is the first one that called Hashem by this name. And what is the significance that Hannah chooses to call Hashem by the name Tzvokos, which usually means armies? But here it's one of the names of Hashem, one of the Sheva Shemais, Sheinim Chokim. Amra Hannah Lefnea Kodesh Baruchu. Hannah says to Hashem, Ribainai Shalayla, Master of the World, from all the many armies that you created in your world. It is hard for you to give me one son. All I'm asking for is one son. What's the big deal? You have a world of billions of people. What is this compared to? There was a human king who made a feast for a servant. A poor, per, a poor person comes 
and he stands at the door of the palace. Amar Lahem, this poor man asks, give me one piece of bread. They're having this massive party and he wants one piece of bread. They didn't want to listen to him. He pushed his way to the king. He says to the king, my master, the king, you got this whole big feast that you made. It is hard for you to give me one piece of bread. Then goes on to say, if you see, you'll see. says If you see to give me children, mutaf will be good. I'm giving you an ultimatum. By the way, Chana at this time, according to the Medrash, was 130 years old. She did not yet have a child. And she's giving Hashem this ultimatum. She says, if you see fit to give me a child, mutaf is good. And if not, Tira, you will see. I'll force you to give me a child. How am I going to force you to give me a child? I will go into Stira, which means into private place with another man in the presence of Elkana, my husband, that he will see me going into a private place with another man, which for this, for Yichud, you give a woman the water of Saita, because I'll have Stira. They'll give me the Saita waters, which checks out the adulterous woman. And she will be innocent. And the plaster, you won't make your toida to be a lie. Plaster is sheker, as it says, if she is clean, if she is innocent, she'll have children. So Chana says, You've promised that if a woman is suspected of saita and she's innocent, she'll have children. I will make myself suspected of saita, I'll be innocent, and I'll have children. This is good. The one who learns the meaning of this passage that even if there's a barren woman, she'll have children. Shop it is good. But according to the one that says that the meaning of a nix of a nizra zera is, if till now she was having babies painfully, she'll have babies easily. If till now she had only Nekevis, only daughters, she will now have boys as well. If till now she had Shechorim, she had black, very dark children, she'll have whiter children. If till now she had Kitsarim, very short, she'll have longer, taller kids. So there's, according to this opinion, it doesn't mean if you didn't have any kids. It means if you're having kids, the situation of the kids will improve. But what happens to her ultimatum? The Tanya, as we learned in Abaraisa, that there's a machlaikis. When it says by Saita, v'niksa, v'nizra zara, does it mean that if she didn't have any children, she'll now have children? Or does it only mean that the kind of children she has will have an improvement? V'niksa, v'nizra zara, melame, If she was barren, she'd have children. Divrei Rabbi Yishmol. That's Rabbi Yishmol's opinion. Amran lei Rabbi Akiva. Rabbi Akiva says to Rabbi Yishmol, Im Kain, if you're going to tell me that the meaning of the passage is the barren women will have children, Yelchu kol ha'akareis kulon v'yistru. All the ha'akareis, all the barren women will go and have stira, go into a private room with another man. 
and then they won't have done anything wrong. And this woman who didn't do anything wrong, more than going into a private room with a man, she'll have children. So you're actually encouraging people to do the wrong thing. Ella, but it doesn't mean, according to Rabbi Akiva, it doesn't mean that if you haven't had any children, you'll have children. But if you had children with difficulty, it'll go smoother. If till now she had children with pain, will be, the children will be born smoothly. If till now they were ksarim, they were very short, she'll have taller children. If till now it was shchayim, black children, they'll be white. If till now she had echad, single birth, She'll have multiple births. What's the double lush in Imroi Tira? So there's no special message of that, just that's the way people normally speak. Then it says, See the affliction of your maid. So he says, one second, we have three psukim that have the word amosecha. It says ba'oni amosecha, then it says al-tishkach as amosecha, then it says v'nosatam amosecha, which means your maidservant. So, amar abyeseva rabchanina shalish amosis. Why do we have three times the word amo, but it's actually amosis, the plural, which could be maids, and Amosais is also, as he says here in Rashi, Darish Lahum Lashim Misa, death. Amra Khanalafnea Kadish Barakul, Khana says Tashem. Shlaisha bitke misa barasa baisha. You created for women three things that check death, which means there are three sins that if a woman is guilty, it's likely to cause death. The Amri lay and others say, Shlaisha Difke Misa. Three things that can get stuck on you and cause death. Which is Nida, uh, family purity. Um, there's, yep, Nida, Chala, separating Chala when you bake Chala, and Hadlokas, Haner, lighting candles. So Chana says, these are the three mitzvahs you gave women. Klum Avarti Alachas Mehen, have I ever transgressed one of these mitzvahs? And if I've never transgressed any of these mitzvahs, so the least you could do is give me, a, you promised that a woman would die if she didn't keep these mitzvahs, but I've kept them all. So at least let me have a child. She says there are three bitke miso, things that check for death. He says, show you, the woman gets checked with it at the time of danger, that if she has one of these three things, she can die. Yep. Now, that's the candles of Shabbos. For these three sins, women die. We go on through the psukim. She's asking, I want to have a child that will be anoshim. What does it mean, zera anoshim? He brings in the rav gavro beguvrin, a person who's a man amongst men. Which Taisva says, Adam manis anoshim. I want to have not just somebody who's going to be an important person. I want someone who's counted amongst the most special people, as Shmuel actually was of the most special people in the world. Shmuel ended up as great as Moshe Vahari. 
Now I'm going to the Gemara back. So we have in the Shmuel, the different Shmuel, the Shmuel and the Gemara. Ravu Shmuel. Rav says, a man amongst men. Shmuel says, I want to have Zeta, a son, who's going to anoint two kings. And who are these two kings? Shaul and David. Rabbi Yechanan Amar, I want Zera Sheshokul Tishnei Anoshim. I don't want just any child. I want a child who will be equal to the two top Jews ever. Oman Inu, who are these top Jews ever? Meishanari. Yep. So I want somebody who matches up to Meishanari. And as it says, Meishiv Arin Bechayanav Ushmoel Bechayre Shmei. So you see the Shmuel is mentioned next to Moshe Aaron. The Rabbanan Amri, the Rabbanan say, Zera Noshim, Zera Noshim. Somebody who gets mixed in with people well, he doesn't stand out. Externally, he doesn't stand out in any way. As he says, goods don't have a garment, don't have it too big and not too small. Like cotton, not too small, alum, not too thick. Don't make him too smart. Why not? He says the reason not because it'll be tame obeying Habrios. People will look at it and look at it badly. And they'll start talking about this child. This child looks stupid or looks uh, different in whichever way. And because of this, the person can have an ayin hara. Yep, there could be the leap. Yeah, so have somebody who doesn't stand out amongst people because when somebody stands out an ayin hara, you cause jealousy and you cause Hashem to bring judgment on this person. Then Hannah goes on to say, she tells Ainli Hakayin, I am the woman who stood here with you. Now, stood here with you implies that as Hannah was davening, Ainli Hakayin was standing. From here we learn, you're not allowed to sit down within the four Amais of where a person is davening. And therefore, since Hannah's davening, Ailey was standing, which is an indication that Ailey really, that Ailey really respected Shane, um, respected because Hannah was davening and that's why he didn't want to sit down. And then he, he goes on to say, I am the woman who was standing, Imcho. Imcho is usually spelled Ayin Mem Chof. Here, Imcho is spelled Ayin Mem Chof Hey. I was standing and davening in your arba amis, in your four amis. Mishum dixiv imcha, the word imcha, ayin mem chaf hey is written with an extra hey. Mole behey, it's written with an extra hey. Kalaymar, it means to say, he wouldn't sit with her within her four amis. Rather, Bahamishas, he'd be sitting in the fifth Amma. He'd move four Ammas away. Chano says, El Hanar Hazehis Paloti, I dive into this, this child. Rabbi Elozer brings Shmuel was a Meira Halacha Bifnei Rabbi. Shmuel paskin the Halacha in front of Eli Hakain. What happened was 
And when Shmuel arrived in Shiloh as a child, he was two years old when he arrived. And somebody brought a carbon and they were looking for a kain to shat the carbon. And we'll soon see. And Shmuel Hanavi says, what are you looking for a kain to shat the carbon? We have a posset, which we say every day in davening. So you see that Zrika needs a kain, but Shechita doesn't need a kain. So why are you looking for a Shechita for a Shechita to Shechita kain? Why need a kain to do the Shechita? So Shmuel was a Meira Halacha Bifnei Rabbi. As we're soon going to see that there was a thought that Shmuel should be punished for this. An interesting question, Shmuel should be punished. How old was Shmuel at this time? A total when he's brought to Shemuel, a total of two years old. So how can a two-year, how can a two-year-old be punished? Generally, a person is not obligated with mitzvahs until they're 13. But it's brought in various mefarshim, bring a quote here from Yismach Moshe, from Iyun Yaakov, that even though here, it's not a question of the Bezdin causing to put to death. So it's not a question of the Bezdin going to put him to death. It's a question that Ainley has a hakpada. And because he upset Ainley by being he's going to die, meaning that Hashem will make that he'll die unless Ailey does something to save him. Now, <coughs> Taisvis brings on Meira Halacha, even though he hasn't learned this yet. But he says that since the God of Hadir was there, and you were there, you should have learned. As it says, he brings over here a Pasuk, the oxen brought the boy to Ailey. So the Gemara asks me, because they shechted the par, the ox, they brought the boy to Ailey. But Ailey said to them, call a kayan to go and shech. Shmuel saw they were looking after a kayan to Shech. Amar Lahusa, Shmuel says to them, Why are you looking for a kayan to Shech? Shechit is kosher bazaar. So they brought him for Ain, they brought Shmuel to Ainli. Amar Lay, so Ainli asks this little boy, he's two years old, Shmuel. Minolacha, how do you know that, you're, that you don't need a kayan for Shechit? Amar Lay, so Shmuel tells Ainli, but meanwhile, Shechita could be as a lady or Yisrael. Yeah, that only from Kabbalah you need a coin, but Shechita can be done by Yisrael. Omar lays to Shmuel, Ainley says to Shmuel, may mir shaper come, you say good. However, and anybody who's made is high of Misa, there's a death penalty. 
which doesn't mean that they were actually going to put him to death, but it means that because Ainley was upset about it, Shmuel will naturally die. Asya starts screaming, what, you want to kill my baby? You want to kill my son? I am the woman who was standing here with you. <coughs> and Ainley hears this and he, the Gemara brings and Ainley says, shiftingly and Anshayn, let me punish this one. I'm going to ask for mercy. We'll get you a greater son than this one. Amrale, she says, no, I don't want a greater one than this one. For me, this one's good enough. <coughs> she says, Elhanar has for this child. We're going to see later that there's a marsha which says on Elhanar has that she says, even if you get me another kid through your Tfilas, I don't want a child born through your Tfilas. I want the child born through my Tfilas. It's a special schus to have Hashem answer your Tfilas. Then we have it of Elazar's name of Yeshiv and Zimno. That Chano was speaking. So before we learned that she was Medaberas Haliba, she was doing with Kavana. Here we're learning Alasik in Liba. She was dealing about her heart. She said to this. Yeah, Chano says to the people that were there, Master of the world. She says to Hashem. The whole body of the woman, everything in the woman's body has a purpose. Why do we have a naim? Why did Hashem give us eyes? Literally to see. Hashem gave us a naim, ears, to hear. Hashem gave us a nose, to smell. Your daim, hands have a purpose, feet have a purpose. But it's very hard to understand what's the, what's the purpose of Hannah's breast if she can't nurse a baby. Dadim or to nurse with them. And so give me a bane, a son, and I will nurse. Okay, that is the end of this Gemara that mentions Shmuel. Next week, I want to go through the actual Haftoida itself with the Rashi, with Yonis and Benuziel, has many Nevuas. Because tonight is high Elul and there's a Fabrengan, there's a Fabrengan for men, there's a Fabrengan for women. I hope people have, if somebody can give everybody the contact details would be a good thing. But because there's Fabrengan scheduled for men and for women, I want to cut short tonight and we'll leave it at this point and we'll continue Shiraz Chano next week where we'll actually do the Nachwit, the Rashi and the Mefarshim. Followed by the Yonason Benuziel who gives an amazing Pirush to all the prophecies mentioned in Tfilas Chano. And there's also an amazing Sikh of the Rebbe who discusses the difference in attitude in Rosh, of Rosh Hashanah, the approach of attitude of Chana's attitude to Rosh Hashanah versus Ainli Hakayan's attitude to Rosh Hashanah, which we'll deal with this all next week. Chayel, I wish you all a good yom tov. Oh,